Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What's going on, everybody? It is week three. Me and Matt are back to kick off a, hopefully, what's going to be a really good game tonight. I think it is. Hopefully, we've broken the curse on Thursday night game, sucking after what we saw last week between the Browns and the Bengals. We've got another shootout between, or a possible shootout between the mustache and the beard, Gardner Minshew and Minshew Mania, and of course, Ryan Fitz Magic. Matt, how are we doing today on this wonderful Thursday? Doing pretty good, you know. As the sign uh, underneath my name says, "Jorts for life." I, I picked uh, not to get ahead of it, but you know, yeah. I'm riding. I'm riding Captain Jorts tonight. Was a little soured by uh, the injury news we'll get to, but I'm feeling hopeful. You know, I said in my column today. You know, you would have looked at this game three weeks ago in August. Dolphins Jaguars on Thursday night sounds like a good date night. Take your wife to the movies. Not a game you're going to miss, but both these teams have looked pretty frisky the first two weeks. Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, it's funny too how much how much things change after one week, right? Like going into week one, all the talk is, you know, how soon are they going to be deciding, you know, when uh for for Jacksonville, you know, how how early are they just going to start benching players and getting ready for the, you know, welcoming of Trevor Lawrence with open arms? And then Gardner Minshew goes out there and beats the Colts, which nobody expected. And the Dolphins were sitting there talking about, hey, Ryan Fitzmagic and the Dolphins had a great little run toward the back of last year. And then he goes out there and just gets completely obliterated by the Patriots, even though it was a close game. And everybody starts talking about, hey, when's two is starting? Is it going to be week three, week four? Now, all of a sudden, we're sitting here looking, hey, you know, Ryan Fitzmagic may end up actually starting most of the year with what he did in week two. And even though the Jags lost, they did kind of take Tennessee really to the brink right there at the end. I mean, I know Gardner Minshew threw a pick at the end, but it was still a pretty good game overall. So I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be a really good one. Uh, likely, I think, going to be a pretty good fantasy game as well. Uh, we are going to save that for last. We're going to talk about some injuries, though. You brought up, uh, obviously, we talked about it a lot on Monday and Tuesday, just getting killed with injuries. There's still a lot of players and a lot of key players that are still dealing with injuries right now. So we're going to kind of run through those. Well, obviously, again, talk about those on Friday with Dennis, but just kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update here so we because we can spend a little bit more time on them here as we eventually want to shave down those Friday episodes from like two hours to an hour and a half, at least if we can. Uh, so let's start here with uh, Julio Jones. This one kind of came up late. I don't even remember talking about this on Monday. Uh, he oh. has got a hamstring injury. He's one of the ones that I am a little bit worried about because this came up so late and it almost seems like especially with the way Ridley has stepped up, Russell Gage, that they might lean toward Julio not playing in this one. What are your takeaways from this one with Julio? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough. That's one of the reasons if you look at our uh, consensus ranks that I, I was by far the lowest, I dropped Julio into the teens. I think we've we've seen both Ridley really step up. They have some complementary weapons in Gage and Hurst, it's not an incredible matchup because Chicago still has a defense and Julio's banged up. I would be a little cautious and a little worried, especially for a guy that, you know, most weeks we've had as kind of a no-brainer top five play. 
Yeah, I mean, again, we'll we'll talk about it some Friday, and then you'll have me and Ricky on Sunday morning, so we'll really go over this with some of these guys. Julio, I, I guess these first three guys, really, that we're going to talk about are all a little bit worrisome for me and the fact that they're dealing with these hamstring injuries, or two of them are. The other one is Michael Thomas, who's dealing with the ankle injury. You know, a lot of the stuff coming out of New Orleans is that he wanted to play last week, and it was more the team held him back. Even though they ended up losing, I kind of feel like they're going to hold Adam or not Adams. I'm sorry, Thomas back at least one more week. As again, high yeah. ankle sprains are not something you you really want to mess with. So you're a Michael Thomas owner. Are you expecting him to play this week? I was hopeful earlier in the week, but as we've kind of gone toward the middle, um, I do not expect him to play now. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's it's just and it sucks too because we all kind of hoped that Emmanuel Sanders might take that step forward. Obviously, Traquan Smith stepped up a little bit, but not someone that you can really kind of focus on or expect to be good in your fantasy lineup. So it's a likely at least going to be one more week without Thomas, and then we will see. I mean, we did hear the news when when this kind of happened with Christian McCaffrey that it's one of those things you could be back in four weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if, like him and Michael Thomas, aren't beating those uh, injuries back quicker than usual or quicker than people expect. This one I I know we're a little bit split on, so I'm kind of I'm interested to hear your side of this. So Adams – we talked about this on Monday. He gets the hamstring injury, which I saw the play, and I was hearing – I listened to some people talk about it. It was kind of weird how it happened. Like, he was getting tackled from behind. It looked like he was actually the, – the players were going to roll up on his ankle. So, it looked like he was going to end up with an ankle injury. It looked like he's trying to pull his leg out really quick, and they said, they said that's when he hurt it. The coaches, I believe, said something close to the effect of it wasn't that serious, and so they just didn't put him back in because they were up so much. And so when mm-hmm. we talked about this on Monday, we're like, okay, cool, you know, great. Adams is going to be good to go. But then I see quotes from Matt LaFleur coming out saying, uh, well, we don't know. It's a little bit more serious. He's kind of a game-time decision now. That's a big deal for us, especially for those of us who may not have anybody else on that Sunday or Monday night game, and he does play Sunday night that it's going to make things a little bit more complicated. Obviously, we hope as fantasy owners we might hear something Sunday morning, but this one's getting – the fact that it seems like it's gotten worse throughout the week scares me a little bit because we've seen Adams as one of those guys where when he deals with an injury like this, he's a gamer and he's going to go out there and play, but he also – it's almost like that decoy situation where he ends up going out there, but he does absolutely nothing. And so for me, especially as an Adams owner, I almost feel like I should just – bench him this week because I feel like even if he goes out there it may be something where he's not 100% and when you hear Adams is in you're just like okay fine I'm plugging him in and then he gets you that big fat zero yeah I mean I guess what I come back to is it was the beat reporter that I actually read from said that it didn't appear that serious Adams was ready to come back in in the second half they just decided they didn't need him and at the time, that reporter who posted on Sunday said, I would expect Adams will miss almost all the days in practice as a precaution, but I think there's very little chance he doesn't play. So unless he had a, a setback, I, I kind of feel the same. I do understand the timing, though, and, you know, as somebody that had James White in the lineup going into a Sunday night game and, you know, nothing but love to James White, nothing yeah. against him, but – I know that situation. I ended up having to put him to IR and grab JJ Taylor. And it was my only option left on the wire. If I'm the Adams owner, you know, we've talked about before MBS Lazard, they're not heavily owned. Grab one of them. Yeah. I would rather bank on, on Adams, you know, watch, watch pregame, watch what they're talking about. And if you feel like you need to make a switch, make a switch. I did that uh, first week with Cortland Sutton, who unfortunately was on that Monday night game. I made sure on teams that I had Jerry Judy, I had him ready to go, or I had a Patrick, or I had another Bronco or Titan receiver. Uh, you know, Corey Davis was somebody you could get at that point in time. Yeah. You know, so Traquan Smith uh, is probably somebody on the wire. We don't think Thomas is going to go. Deontay Harris um, – for New Orleans, somebody that's not widely owned that has had a had a role when they're coming in. I think you grab one of those guys as your hedge and try to roll with them. Yeah, I definitely agree with that in redrafts and and, and dynasty 
like I said, the more I even think about it too, not even just knowing that he's still banged up going in, you're likely going to have Marshawn Lattimore covering him most of the game. Like I almost feel like you just give it, if you can, again, it's easy for me to say, just give him a week because you may not have anybody else. You can put it, I'm in one league where I, I have, you have to start, there's no flex spots. We have to start three wide receivers. And I've been so decimated with injuries. Like I was relying on Adams and DJ Chark, who we'll obviously talk about when the game hit. And all of a sudden now I'm having to rely on a guy, like I don't even remember who, I, I had to pick up Braxton Berrios. That's how thin the waiver wire is in hopes that he can have another good game because I have nothing else. So, uh, before we move on to the next one, we did get this question. KJ Hamler, Preston Williams, or Ronald Jones at the flex? I'm probably going Preston Williams. I, I do think it's going to be a big game tonight. I'm terrified that Ronald Jones is going to be in the doghouse. And I like Hamler. I think, obviously, you know, you talked about it a little bit on Monday. Him and Judy are going to see an increase uh, with Sutton being out. But I'm kind of worried about starting Hamler with Driscoll there. I, I kind of feel I've, I feel like I'd be safer once Locke's back. But what are your thoughts on Hamler? I mean, Hamler got all 8.7 of his points from, from Driscoll. Driscoll. And that was with Sutton being in there against the Steelers. I don't know. Hamler's a risk. Hamler's the most boom-bust option. I just, until Preston Williams can actually show he's part of the part of the plan, I you know how much I like him. I have him on a yeah. lot of teams, but I just don't have a lot of faith in Miami right now. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think tonight is kind of the perfect matchup for that because, I mean, if you really look at it, him and Devontae Parker have been getting the same amount of targets. I think the biggest issue with Preston Williams is when you look at it, and I know we talked about this a little bit on Monday, um, or maybe it was after week one, but the fact that Stephon Gilmore was shadowing Williams the entire game, not Devontae Parker, which I think to me speaks volumes of how these teams feel about Preston Williams. And it was today, it was white last week. So clearly they're putting their best corners on Williams thinking that he is the better wide receiver over Devontae Parker. Nothing against the Jaguars defense. They don't have that top cover cornerback anymore. So I kind of feel like this could be a, a – I don't think it – But wide receivers haven't done particularly well against the Jaguars. Neither wow. of the Titans receivers was very, very good. And week one, Rivers couldn't get it to receivers. I don't week. I'll take week two more than I will week one. I mean, I'm still kind of torn on Philip Rivers being decent. Magic, Fitzmagic hasn't looked good either. This well, it depends on it depends on which Fitzmagic you look at. He looked a lot better week two than he did week one. Obviously, I think that's a little bit of it. Like I, I, I can understand the. The week two one, because they do have a, my God, why did that team just jump out of my head? Tennessee has looked good. Ryan Tannehill has looked good, but he's still through for four touchdowns. And I do think yeah. that this is going to be a Mike Kosicki game. Don't get me wrong. Like If yeah, I had to pick someone on Dolphins, that's who I'm going for. But I also think we say that. I think Jacksonville knows that as well. So I think they're going to do their best to cover Gusecki. I am not someone who necessarily believes Parker is going to be that guy. So again, I, I don't think you, it, it, for me, it comes down to Hamler and Preston Williams. I, I don't think Ronald Jones is in the conversation at all. So it, it, I guess it just depends on who you feel more comfortable with. For me, it'd be Preston Williams. Sounds like for you, it'd be Hamler. So for, for you, Charlie, it's just kind of which one, you know, which one do you feel better in? Who's, who does Denver have this week? Tampa Bay. See, I don't even think that'd be it. The only, then I guess for me, more reason why I'd lean Preston Williams, I see a better chance of it being a shootout tonight than in that one. I could see that being more of a defensive struggle than than it really being a, a, a shootout. So that'd be more real reason why I'd lean Preston Williams. Let's see. You actually have another question here. If you have time, can you talk about what to do with Saquon in a trade? It's a hot topic, a question I don't like answering. <sighs> I feel like it's a hundred percent. I know this is going to sound like the cop out answer. A hundred percent dependent on what your team is and what you can or can't do. I think I'm in a dynasty league. Me and Dennis are in one. Actually, uh, the league that how me and Dennis met. We're in a league that league uh, six years running now, maybe seven years. And the owner who has Barkley is a contender. He's been a contender for the past couple of years. He wants to win. Uh, he he won it two years ago, almost won last year. 
he has put up that he's looking to trade Saquon Barkley, but he was jumped out front of everybody and said, if you want Barkley, I am only willing to trade him if one of these players is in the deal and named like four of the other best backs in fantasy. It was like Zeke, CMC, Taylor, Kamara, and somebody else. I think it was Jacobs. All One of those running backs had to be in the deal or he's not even going to talk to you. For me, it just depends on how desperate you are to to win this year. I'll be honest. I have him in two leagues that I am contending in right now. One that I'm kind of a middle-of-the-road team. Middle-of-the-road team, I'm not even accepting offers. I'm just like, whatever. I guess I'm just going to end up eating it this year. I mean, maybe not a bad thing. I'll get a top pick out of it if my team completely sucks because I think I'm starting Corey Clement in his spot right now. Uh, so you, I eat it, get a really high pick next year. Barkley's still, I think, going to be a talent for eight, nine more years in the NFL. So I'm not looking to trade him. And the other two that I'm contending, I kind of feel the same way. Like as much as it sucks to to lose a talent like that, I just don't want to trade him. Unless, and I kind of feel like the same thing I just mentioned. Unless I'm getting one of those guys back, but and plus, and I don't know how many teams are willing to part with that and plus because they're taking on the injured running back so for me I, I don't know many teams that are out of it that are starting you know cmc zeke or whatever and then like yeah i'll give you one of those guys and a first round pick and take back the injured running back i just don't see it so for me personally i'm holding him unless it's just a complete you win the trade kind of thing because i barkley's just we've talked about it for in my opinion a generational talent it sucks that he's gone the rest of this year. I have no doubt he'll be back, ready to go week one. I, I just don't see anything happening with that. I could be wrong, and I, I'm fine being wrong, too, on him because he's generational. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, for me, I'm not in any rush to make any kind of move right now, and I also think this close to the injury, this close to the beginning of the season, you're in the um, horrific offer phase. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not even really – trying to explore anything i've i have him on a dynasty league team that's a very good contending team too where i've been savaged a little bit by injuries but i still i'm just i'm holding him i wasn't trying to make a move because most of the people that are looking to get him right now are reading all the things that say go buy low well i'm not interested in selling low yeah exactly i mean if you have barkley I mean, obviously, you could have just traded for him, whatever, but chances are you've kept him since you drafted him as likely the number one overall pick. There's no yeah. reason in selling low on him. He's still one of the best. He just got injured. It happens. I mean, outside of Zeke, how many of these guys have we not seen get injured or get banged up? Barkley himself, he's gotten injuries. We've seen CMC now is dealing with an injury. It hasn't been very injury-prone that I can think of, but Kamara – seen him deal with injuries. Jacob's missed time last year with injuries. Zeke is the only one off the top of my head. So I guess if I'm getting Zeke plus, I'd think about it. But even then, if I'm, if you're asking me Zeke or Saquon, yeah, but I'm, well, yeah, that's even then, if you're saying, Hey, do you want Zeke or Saquon on your team for the next four years? I'm still taking Saquon. It's not even a question. Like I'm not thinking about it. So uh, yeah, for me, I mean, again, if you get a, a trade that you think is really close, you can always hit one of us up and we'll, we'll help you with it for sure. But for me, I think I'm just, I would much rather just wait it out. I just think, yeah, it's going to suck. But everybody has these years. You can't, as much as I'd like to say I contend every year, you've got some of those where, whether it's a ton of injuries or whatever, and you end up just not being able to do it. The upside is you're likely going to get a really good pick at the end of the year. So revel in that. Revel in taking a Travis Etienne or Najee Harris to pair with with Saquon Barkley moving forward. I wasn't expecting any well, so many. Go ahead. That's, that's my thing with, taking picks right now too we're way too early in the season to see where somebody's going to yeah. land you you make a move thinking that you're going to get a, a top end pick from them and you're going to also have a top end pick and they end up having a middle tier or a playoff season and you kind of just rolled barkley out for the eighth best prospect in the class yeah. no all right, so I'm thinking of starting Fitz over Baker. Talk me out of it. I'll uh, where do you have them ranked? I was trying to pull my rankings up here, and um, I can't seem to find it. I guess my question is: Are you trying to win or are you trying to tank? Because if you're tanking, go ahead and start Fitzpatrick. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I have if a pretty not, big difference. Uh, not big. It's if, six spots in my rankings. So I have Baker higher, but it's only about yeah, six I spots. I, I think. 
I get it because, you know, we just talked about it at the beginning. I expect it to be not again. I keep saying shootout. I think it could be close to what Cleveland Cincinnati was last week. I don't expect it to be a huge offensive game, but I could see it. Baker does scare me a little bit. Really good linebacking court, really good defensive line for Washington. However, they got struck with a ton of injuries. They have a ton of players not practicing, haven't been practicing all week. So I also kind of still believe in what we saw from Baker last week is closer to what we saw of him from week one. So I would still lean Baker. If you want to start Fitz, you never, he could get that 354 touchdown game from him tonight. And he's going to blow Baker's numbers out of the water because we've talked about we both think it's one of those where he's going to be – we think he's going to be throwing the ball 15 to 20 times at max every single game. That just seems to be Stefanski's game plan where you could get a lot out of uh, Fitzpatrick tonight. You got this yeah. – uh, to be honest, I'm not really excited about starting either of them, but I have Baker at the last slot in QB2 and Fitzmagic as a QB3. Got some noob chiming in here. I don't know who this guy is, but uh, start Ryan Fitzmagic or Jared Goof. I don't know who Jared Goof is. If he's a practice squad guy, I'd wait to see if he gets promoted up there, my friend. Now, I'm going I'm going golf easily for me. I think I've got golf 16. Yeah, I've got golf at sixteen, so I'm I'm pretty high on him. I've got I've got Fitzmagic Fitzpatrick at twenty four right now, so I, that's a that's a pretty big difference for me. Baker at nineteen, since I said they're close, but but not a not anything. My response has been patient to be patient and see what your team does before buying or selling Saquon. Yeah, I mean, look, as much as we just said all that about selling Saquon, if you can buy Saquon cheap, go for it. But I mean, I was on the selling side of him. Yes, I would I would wait. See what you see what happens with your season. Got Saquon for Herbert Hunt in a 21 first, likely top three. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, it's not bad. I love Herbert. Obviously, Hunt, I just feel like Hunt's value is is so wishy-washy that I'm like, if you're gonna get the hunt we just saw out of him last week, great. You got yourself a high-end RB2, a first round pick, and in my opinion, a possible top 12 quarterback moving forward. But I also don't think even if that that 2021 first is top three, I don't see Najee Harris, Chuba Hubbard, or Travis Etienne, who I imagine are the top three for most people, at all coming close to Barkley's value. So if you don't need running backs, you're good because I could you could get a, a, a Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore, or Jamar Chase there, who I think all have like high upside wide receiver one ability. So um, it's all good. To me, something I think Matt said earlier, it's all going to depend now on, on how that draft kind of rolls out for you. If you get a top three pick, you're hoping a lot, I think, more on the wide receivers than the running backs. Like I, I would rather have Barkley over Harris, Etienne, or Hubbard moving forward, even if they land on a really good team. I still think I'd take Barkley. What about you, Matt? Yeah, that would be a deal that I would classify what I was – my concern would be a selling low. All right, let's see. You're worried. Oh, okay. I'm guessing that's about the Baker stuff. Here. So you're worried about the Washington matchup and it being a low volume pass. Yeah, again, I can see it. I also don't think the running game is going to be quite as good as it was against Cincinnati as well, which might mean they have to rely on Baker to throw the ball more. But again, if he gets you, you know, three touchdowns, 200 yards, it's still a good day. And I think it, you, his, his floor, I think, is safe. The floor is safer with Baker than than Fitzpatrick's and obviously I think Fitzpatrick has a tad bit more upside just based on he could get in that shootout and then rely on him but I'd still feel Hmm. safer starting Baker and Washington actually has a good front seven they've been more susceptible to passing even Carson Wentz in that game the Eagles lost he threw for a couple touchdowns and built a 17 point lead through the air yeah for you know they got crushed under the line Kyler Murray had no problems uh, behind, uh, you know, going against that Washington secondary either. Out on Fitz, Daniel Jones or Baker? I'm still going Baker. I no think Baker. I have, yeah, I have Daniel Jones three spots lower than Baker. I just that whole losing yeah. Saquon, that Sterling Shepard to IR. Yeah, I mean, I, it sucks because I active. How much I like seeing what I saw out of Darius Slayton in Week One too. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Baker over that as well. Good thing I was the one who received Saquon. Yeah, if that's what you paid for Saquon, I'm all for it. I, I hate giving up Justin Herbert in 21 first. But, yeah, if that's all you gave up and you got Saquon Barkley back, 
I'm all for it. That's a, that's a great trade trade for you there, Boz. All right, so back on to the injuries. Galladay, uh, he's still dealing with the hamstring injury, but he does seem like progressing toward playing. So, yeah, I'm not worried about Galladay. I'm firing him up. It's a great matchup this week uh, for them as well. I think they've got – was it Arizona, I believe, correct? And we saw Patrick Peterson get torched yes. this last week. So I have no doubt that Matt Stafford, when when Galladay's in there, Matt Stafford targets him heavy and often or early and often. So I'm I'm all fine firing up Galladay here this week. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean I moderated expectations a little bit. Just uh, you know, if he's coming back, working him in. But I I had him as a solid play. Yeah, I had him up at 16. So, I mean, that's still a middle tier wide receiver, too. You're going to be happy with that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, if you're, I highly doubt you have better options than that this week. Um, what was the other one? I'm looking at the wrong thing. John Brown, he's limited with a foot. Uh, Zach Moss on the same team is not practicing. Um, so, it could be a good week for a Singletary. I think Brown's going to play. Uh, one of the interesting ones to me is almost all of the good skill position players for the, the Raiders. Raiders. They're on Edwards and Ruggs are questionable. We're not practicing. Waller is questionable, not practicing. And Jacobs with what they're calling a rib injury. It looked like he got banged up on Monday night, but I couldn't quite tell what it was uh, that was bothering him. But I guess it was his ribs. And then, of course, we all know that you moonlighted this last weekend as the medical professional for the Chargers. Not supposed um, to tell people that. I came so. I came in under false pretenses as like, hey, I'm just, you know, Sean McVay, I'm thinking about joining your guys' team as a coaching staff. And then, yeah, that sucks, though, man. Like, I hate to see that for Tyrod because he looks – he seems like such a good person. But, to, like, when you posted that story, I was just like, how? How does that happen that your doctor punctures your lung and, and pr- quite possibly – I don't want to say end your NFL career, but end your starting job, like end your job because there's Um, no way that he's back. That's not an injury. He bounces back from real quickly. Oh Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I know they're, they haven't, I don't think he's been officially ruled out for the week, but I'm like, he ain't playing. Yeah. I know all the reports I saw were that the doctor suggested that he not play. And I think Anthony Lynn has pretty much come out now and confirmed a hundred percent Herbert started. So, doubtful after yeah. the Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured along. Golly, dude. I like I can't even imagine that pain. What that has to feel like. Having your uh, you're sense. sitting there too. You're just sitting there you're like oh God. Like I can't I cannot even imagine. But you know the Chargers I feel also so part of it you're you're immediately taken by that. And I think when I posted that link, I put right under there how fast did it take them to file the malpractice suit. Yeah. But the other thing is, I don't think going through last week that I was aware he had cracked ribs, which makes sense to why his passing was god awful against Cincinnati. Yeah. That happened early in the game, and why it it went from we don't even realize there's a problem to he's freaking out with some mystery ailment. You know, it's 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 a really bad beat for him, but also yeah. made me question a little bit of the Chargers reporting. Yeah, yeah, I think I think everybody feels bad for Tyrod. Like I said, I've I've never he had those those two years in Baltimore where he looked really good, and I joke about when he was at Cleveland. Like, if you really go back and look outside of the Jets game, he did not look good in the Jets game in Week Three before he got hurt. But he actually he was the reason the Browns should have beaten the Saints in week two. He had uh-huh. a great like 60-yard touchdown bomb to Antonio Callaway. Their kicker missed three field goals in that game. Like they should have beat the Saints, who was a, a Super Bowl favorite that year as well. They were a good team. They looked good. They took should have beat the Steelers in week one. If Hugh Jackson wasn't such an idiot, he cost him in that game. So it was one of those things where Tyrod actually looked really good. And so I'm with you. Like as much as I love Herbert, I was cool seeing Tyrod out there. I did say that I think Herbert was going to be better just because, again, we saw it. I, and I think you have to give props to that kid as well. And we talked about it on Monday. Coming out, they literally said they told him 30 minutes before the game that he was going to be the starter because that's when that happened with Tyrod. To to get practice reps all week, not have any idea that you're going to be the starter, and then all of a sudden comes out there and balls out like that I think is phenomenal for him. So it does suck for Tyrod, though, because I just can't – a punctured lung, like I went and looked at it. And now, obviously, it's a little bit different 
elite athlete, a little bit different than like, I just, most punctured lungs happens like some kind of violent accident, right? Like it's not a, a, a someone stabbing you, I guess, technically with a needle. And, and they say that's something that could be like two to three months worth of time to, to be able to actually be fine. And now you're looking at that too different because you're talking about normal human being fine, not having someone possibly ramming a helmet into your chest on every other play as well as a quarterback. So you're looking at possibly two months, I would think, of Herbert starting. He has got I to would, be, in my opinion, just god-awful. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Unless he's just completely also, horrible. Unless he's Jamarcus Russell, they're not going it, back yeah. to, to Tyrod. It's a good thing we don't have like a respiratory illness going around or anything, right? Oh yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's a, you know, what's this? Yeah, oh, I had a huge argument with somebody about that today, but I don't want to get into that. But, oh my god! So yeah. um, to finish off a couple of the injuries, Jameson Crowder still not practicing, probably is not playing. Uh, Harry and Edelman both on the injury report were limited, but Patriots going to Patriot. I bet they both play. James White. I, I know there was a question about uh, when we did our rankings. I actually didn't rank him because I, did not I either. don't think I don't think he's going to play. Uh, that's obviously not an injury, but I'd be shocked if he played. Kittle back to practice today. I thought that was a good sign. AJ Brown no practice, and then our boy Jalen Rager IR. Yeah, I know. Oh, and Rager, I would not fine. expect to be back yeah. quickly either. I think they said what's well, like a six week recovery from that because he was going to have the surgery, something. yeah, uh, the UCL in his thumb. So yeah, I would not expect this to be like we've talked about obviously throughout the year that the IR can only be three weeks. I wouldn't expect it. if you're in a redraft league at this point. I think Rager's droppable. Just drop him. If there's news of him coming back in four or five weeks, if you really want to pick him up, go for it. I don't think Philly's going to be in it. I think that's probably going to be. One of my biggest team misses because I had them winning the NFC East. I, I don't think they're even going to make the playoffs. Um, I do want to touch on, yeah, I do want to touch on Kittle because I've got him. I'm lucky enough. We talked about this, I think, on Monday that I, because of how in I am on Jonu Smith everywhere, the places I own Kittle, I actually backed him up with Jonu Smith because I was able to get him so late. I'm going. I'm starting Jonu this week, even though I oh, don't yeah. think he has a big week. I. I I don't think I can trust playing Kittle this week. Kind of, even Kittle, though he's practicing. What yeah. What are you thinking? I think Kittle plays, but I had him ranked at, at a tight end two, and I also have Jordan Reed at a low end tight end two. Kittle, they're on that turf that they don't trust yeah. in New York again. That they've made big deals about. Jimmy G not likely to play, so you probably have Nick Mullins. We saw Jordan Reed actually look good. I think they'll start splitting things. Even if Kittle plays, I don't think they're going to put him out there for a full load. So this is not George Kittle potential tight end one. This is George Kittle probably tight end two. I mean, literally, I think he's he gives he he. I would feel safe if he's going to play. Rank him as a tight end two. And what sucks about that, too, is like that's kind of when he really started having those monster games was him and Nick Mullins seem to have like that great chemistry between the two of them. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. I just I, I can't as much as it, it's probably going to suck to see it. I'd much rather see him go off on my bench than see him put up three points in my starting lineup expecting him to be killed. I think at this point. You know, it, he he sat the one week last year, but even when he came back, he still didn't look that great for a couple weeks. It took him a couple weeks to kind of be Kittle again. I would expect that here, especially with, again, they're going back to play the Giants on that field that everybody on that team was talking about how bad the field was. The NFL is investigating that field now at this point. I think you just have to steer clear of them. All right, that's really it. You want to give a rundown on our picks really quick, and then we'll jump in and we will break down the game. So after uh, the world's most depressing week one, you and me and Dennis, uh, we killed it in week two. You and I both went 14 and two. Dennis went 13 and three. So we've kind of flipped the standings. Our friend Jacob's still on top. He also went 14 and two. He's got 25 correct through two weeks. You are now in second place, 22 correct uh, through two weeks. Uh, Dennis is in third uh, with 21 correct. Ricky and I are tied. Uh, for fourth with 20 correct, and the most important, my wife is now behind me by one with 19 <laughs> correct. Uh, so, you know, it's nice to see us uh, bouncing back, um, which probably means a two for 14 week coming uh, yep. this week for us. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was not happy with some of my picks in uh, that I was putting in there. I did mine this morning, actually. I think I put all of mine in. So yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting. I also think week one was just weird. Like I think the fact that Jacob got as many right as he did, I think he was just being contrarian. Ain't no no way in hell anybody was picking the Jaguars to upset the Colts and so on and so forth. So, well, the thing is, you know, I. I think we all figured there would be some strange upsets. I know for me, I missed all the upsets. The ones that yeah. I picked, the upsets weren't, and the ones I didn't pick were the yeah. upsets. Well, yeah, because yeah, I picked Miami to upset the New England because I didn't think Cam Newton was going to be the way he was. So, yeah, I, I picked Denver to upset Tennessee, which I think should have happened. I, so, yeah. I picked Denver as well. Yeah, it was just I one of those Denver. things. Yeah. Yeah. Detroit. Right. Uh, uh Detroit, wow, Detroit should have won their game too. So yeah, that's the thing. Like we, I, I picked that as well. I think I have probably one of the ones I got wrong this past. I don't think I picked Chicago to win this week again either, and they ended up winning and they went two zero. That's probably one of the ones that I missed. All right, so let's go ahead and break down this game on the Jacksonville. Let's just yeah, Jacksonville side. We'll go. Wait, they're the home team, right? So let's go. Let's go Miami side yeah. first. Uh, none of us are really in on Ryan Fitzmagic. Uh, me and Dennis are a little bit higher than you. Dennis has him at 21. I have him at 24. You have him at 28. So Dennis expecting him to be a, well, I guess me and him both have him as a low-end QB2. You have him as a QB3. Not expecting much out of him. I mean, again, I would. we just kind of talked about it with some of the people they were asking for. I really don't feel comfortable starting him unless you absolutely have to. And I, not, not a bad, like I don't expect him to go out there and throw four interceptions or anything like that. I'm just not expecting him to, I guess, put up huge numbers tonight. Like some other people do. What are your thoughts on him tonight? Yeah. I mean, and it's been kind of a tale of two fits magics. The first week he was sub 200 yards passing, I believe through three interceptions, no touchdowns, just look completely lost. Last week he looked a little bit better, you know, when they kind of got into a shootout with Buffalo. I just don't have a great feel. They still have no running game, really, yeah. um, which is, I, I think, a problem uh, for a quarterback like him. But he seems to have big peaks and valleys, and I just don't feel like he's right in the groove yet. I mean, there have been times where you see Fitzmagic kind of get in a groove and you get like three or four game great run. Um, I think. Some people were like last week, oh, he must be back. I'm not sure I'm really willing to go that far. I think he'll be okay, but not not great. I'm not yeah. sure exactly this is a shootout either. I know you, you said it has shootout potential. I think that's true. It could also be, you know, 13, 13 to 10. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. That's what I said. It's, I could see it happening. Like my, my, my thought process is with the way both these defenses can play, I could see points get put up. That's why I keep yeah. saying shootout potential. Like I'm expecting it to be, if I had to give a score like a 24, 20, maybe 27, 21 game, which is not a shootout. I just, I keep saying that in my mind. Cause I keep, but then I re- repeat saying, I don't think it's Brown Cincinnati, which to me, Brown Cincinnati was a little bit of a shootout. Cause neither one of those defenses could stop either one of those offenses. I, I do expect stops to happen tonight. I just, I think they could both put up some, fantasy points uh one of the guys that i think is actually going to have a pretty good game tonight he's slowly gotten better and got more and more work in the offense it's miles gaskin for the miami dolphins they're running back uh he really actually kind of took i don't want to say control because they still worked Breida in and howard some last week but he was the guy that got most of the the carries and actually got some receiving work you and me are pretty close on him here i have him at 22 you have him at 29 so i'm expecting him to be a, a running back two you've got him as a running back three dennis at 39 so dennis not really believing so, in him at all yeah and and for me you know i just pulled it up through two games gaskin has 16 carries brita has 12 carries howard has 13 carries the the concern um, as a running back is it seems pretty obvious that they are content to just throw Jordan Howard out there for as many goal line carries as they need, which tells me unless Gaskin breaks something from outside the the 20, he's probably not in there when they're in the red zone, but he's had by far been the dominant passing back. So I think that's what to me. And again, the running back field this week was incredibly depressing. Yeah to go through because of injuries and 
these committees and matchups, it I it was it gets sad early. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Phil. Like I, I, I mean, I unfortunately just I own Gaskin in a couple places. I'm actually kind of forced to start him tonight. At least I think I am. I've got, I guess I don't really, you know what? I don't care. I, I don't really like it when people talk about their teams as much. But I'm gonna I mean, do it because I'm so torn. Like I got, so I had to pull Shark out, who is my my wide receiver too. I put Deontay Johnson in his spot, not expecting a big game out of Johnson, but still not a bad thing. But I got to find somebody to put in the flex. My options are Josh Kelly. Marvin Jones, Mike Gesicki, DeAndre Swift, or Miles Gaskin. I, I throw in Miles Gaskin. Like I could see a big game from him tonight. I I feel like Gesicki's probably the better option, but I could also see like a nothing point, nothing from him tonight. Even though I think he's going to have a big game, I feel like Gaskin's floor is safer because he's going to get the carry. He's going to get some catches where Gesicki could get shut down. And I mean, I don't want. Arizona's look so good. I don't know if I can believe in 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 Swift or Jones. So I'm kind of I'm way too bought into too many teams in the same teams here, and it's screwing. Kel- me. Kelly's the one that would be more interesting because Carolina has no rush defense, and yeah. Kelly seems to be getting a lot of goal line work. But that's the thing. I don't disagree with Phil that Howard looks like to- that he's toast, but he's had 13 carries for 11 yards and two touchdowns. They're just putting him in at the goal line. And so even though I, I don't want to play or start Howard, I also think that that, that screws you if you are – it screws some of the upside of Miles Gaskin the same way that we've been concerned about some of these, like a Devin Singletary. I'm kind of excited for Devin Singletary this week if Moss isn't in there because he's only competing with one goal line back, his yeah. quarterback, instead of, you know, two oh. people. See, it's so hard. My my biggest fear with Kelly is, and I agree, obviously Carolina cannot stop the run, is because they can't stop the run, like how good is Eckler going to be? And and with, yeah. I expect Herbert, to, obviously Herbert starting now, so I think Eckler is going to get more work in the receiving game as well. Like I could see it being one of those games where they just drive down the field so easily that Kelly doesn't get quite the touches he got like he did in the, in the Chiefs game. Like I expect him to get some run, but if Eckler's doing so good, I'm just – I don't know. I don't know. It scares yeah. me because he is the backup no. where Gaskin, I, even though he's he's splitting time with two other backs, he's the best out of those three. So I expect him to get more work tonight. So that's kind well, of where I'm It's like, I'm so sure what to do. Your best hope for Kelly is that the Chargers get up big and they just put Kelly in to grind the game away, which could happen, but could not happen. I know they're home, but they don't really have a huge home field advantage. Yeah. And Herbert is a rookie making his second start. I know Carolina doesn't have an exceptional team, but you know this all that I could. We've seen them also getting shootouts. Think about that Raiders game. Yep. I mean, the Raiders are were very committed to getting Josh Jacobs in the end zone, and he's a dynamic back. But that was a lot of back and forth in the thirties. And the Chargers, you know, they might throw it up more because yep. they have a much better veteran, count reliable receiving core than the Raiders do. Yeah, I mean, and it's very possible that they they try to just salt the way salt the game away with Kelly. But from what I've seen the past two weeks, Carolina's offense is not going away. Like that's the one strength of their team, even with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. And they seem they've been in both games, so I'm kind of I, I don't know if it will happen. Um, on the wide receiver side for Miami, <coughs> excuse me. I have Parker at 28, you have him at 34, and Dennis has him at 36. I have Williams at 48, you have him at 53, and Dennis has him at 42. So I'm the highest on Parker out of everybody by a little bit over you, four spots, and then Williams were pretty much all in the same range. Again, not expecting much out of either one of those guys. If you had to start one, is it Parker for you? Yes. Yeah? Okay. And then tight ends, I wanted to see where Gusecki because I knew I had him high this week. I have him high, too. So, wow. So, De- Dennis is low. on. Okay, so I am I have him at three. You have him at 10, and Dennis has him at 17. So, it, it drops him pretty low in our ranks. I was trying to find him. I thought he'd be up at the top. Um, like I said, I, I'm expecting a huge game out of him. We saw last year, the last five games, he really kind of stepped it up. And then I, I almost take week one out of it because they were going up against a Patriots team that just knows how to shut down Ryan Fitzpatrick and that offense. He looked wonderful in week two, had a couple really great catches. So I am expecting a huge game from Gusecki this week. You still have him as a tight end one. So I guess for me, he's the play. Like if you had to play one Dolphins player tonight, you just had to get in on the action. 
it's Gasicki for me. I would be stunned if he doesn't come through for you and at least give you, I would say, double-digit points tonight. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy, especially since we've seen, you know, uh, there wasn't a ton of great passing work from um, Rivers week one, but he did get Jack Doyle involved quite a bit and was hitting the backs underneath, which I don't, you know, which is one of the reasons I kind of like uh, Gaskin's potential. But then week two, we really saw Johnny Smith destroyed them. Yeah, over the middle and was a big goal line target. You know, if you have a good young tight end there, that seems to be a place that they've shown some vulnerability. Which makes me want to start Gasecki over Gaskin. And that's my problem. Like I said, I got too much. I got too much invested in these two teams. Again, oh, if you had as an option, I would start Gasecki. I do. It's a, it's a flex spot. I Like I said, I had Deontay Johnson in my flex. I moved him into wide receiver two. And so now I got to fill that flex spot. And it's, it's Gasecki or Gaskin or Jones or Swift or Kelly. And I kind of, I don't like being bought into these two teams. So, cause I got, who is it? Well, I kind of want to start Gardner, but I'm going with Wentz just because he's going against the Bengals and I'm expecting him, especially because oh, I, I would probably start Minshew. Nah, I mean, <laughs> Bengals are still injured on defense. We saw the way Baker shredded him. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I got Wentz has got to bounce back eventually, right? He, you know, he's got to bounce back eventually. All right. Speaking of Gardner, we have him. Uh, obviously, he's got Ertz and Goddard. They've they've proven to be good enough at times. And Sanders, he's got Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders yeah, catches I, a lot of balls. I forgot. Austin Hooper had an incredible game last week. Oh wait. Well, that's because they don't throw to him. Harrison Bryant almost had a really good game, though. If Baker doesn't throw that interception, you're looking at a top top five tied in performance out of their backup tied in. Uh, let's see here. Where did Gardner go? I lost him in the ranks. Here. There we go. So I have him at 14. You have him at 15. Dennis at 10. So we're all pretty high on Gardner this week. I expect him. Both of us have him high uh, quarterback two. Dennis has him as a quarterback one again. It's just this Miami defense is not – as good as we expected it to be after all the free agents they brought over. And some of that I do think is just a, a lot of those guys learning a completely new kind of defense. I mean, Van Noy is coming back into probably close to what New England ran with Flores being there, but he's the only one. Bunch of new guys trying to learn a new defense, as we've talked about. I think maybe we kind of overlooked that a little bit because they were all veterans. and we Hey, this defense should be good. We do kind of have to remember COVID offseason, as we're probably going to keep mentioning all year now, it seems like. So defense has been a little bit shaky. I'm liking Gardner tonight. Yeah, I think he'll be good. For their running back, James Robinson. I've got him at 21. Dennis has him at 20. And you have him at 15. So, uh, I mean, he's gotten the run. I I wouldn't see any reason not to start him as your RB2 at this point. He's a dude you got for free. More than like you, you draft him as your last back or you got him off waivers. He's been good. He's getting passing work, rushing work, throw him in there. Even if it's just as a flex starter, I I would have him as a flex starter in my rankings. If we, if we did it by split positions, wide receiver, running back tied in. So I'm all in on Robinson tonight. Yeah. Five yards a carry. He actually has more yards receiving than uh, Chris Thompson. The wide receiver, this is where things are going to be interesting. So we obviously ranked DJ Chark because, yeah, I know, um, not knowing at the time that he was going to be out. So with that being said, Keelan Cole actually looked good last week. He caught the touchdown pass. He's been getting targeted, and we've seen a little bit more and more out of LaVisca Chenault. I ranked Chenault. I was trying to see if you guys did. So I I had I ranked Chenault, too. You had him at – okay, so I had him – well, that's not right. These rank, these things got all messed up. Let me pull up my yeah, actual ones. You I'm had him at fifty-one. Where did I have him? I think it got. I think it's. It did. Okay, so I'm gonna, you. I'm gonna go pull mine too. Here. Okay, yeah. Well, on the sheet it shows you have him at fifty-one. I have him at forty-seven. So I'm 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 kind of in on on him tonight. But, and that was when we thought Shark was gonna exactly. Yeah, and then I have Keelan Cole here at forty-six. So I had him and Chenault right next to each other. Obviously, with Chark being out, they're going to bump up. For me, I'm probably not bumping them up that much higher, though. I pro- I'm going to keep Cole higher. I do think Cole has the better game. I'm just looking at my rankings now. I'm probably going to move Cole into like the 36 range, right around Robbie Anderson, Michael Pittman, and then Chenault, probably 40 to 41. What? Where do you think you're probably going to move so those two guys? I have- I have Cole in at 41 and Chenault in at 50. Um, you know, I think they'll both be fine if they catch, if one or both catches a touchdown, 
they could go up. Um, it's really a little hard to tell. I think somebody's going to get touchdowns. Could be James Robinson. Um, I didn't actually rank Chris Thompson because with two carries and six targets in two games, I think it's too unreliable for you to feel good about starting him, but you never know if he's, you know, was last week a sign of things to come and they're going to get him involved. Um, they've had Colin Johnson, their other rookie, uh, active and targeted in the, in a couple of games with, I know a lot of people were on Connolly possibly getting more work with Shark out, but I wouldn't be so pro- so surprised with the way Jacksonville has trended toward getting their younger players if they switched up and went with uh, Johnson or something. Somebody's going to get a touchdown. It's going to make their day, but it's hard to feel great about uh, starting those guys. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. I think if I have to choose one or the other, it's going to be Keelan Cole. He just He's actually been consistently targeted, and he's a guy that we were talking, at least I know I was a couple of years ago, or even last year, but like, hey, he's a guy who could take a step forward in this offense, and it just never happened. The emergence of DJ Chark last year hurt him. Chark's not yeah. there. I, I like Cole tonight again. Not Cole actually has the most targets. Yeah. Uh, he has, he's been targeted 12 times, 11 receptions. Shark is seven, uh, and Chenault is eight. What scares me a little bit about Cole, he has the two touchdowns with help, but he only has 105 total yards. Yeah. Well, I don't think they've been – that's where things are interesting for me. I was listening to Sirius XM short. Radio, and, yeah, um, I can't remember who is it. Is it Mike DiRocco, I think, is the ESPN reporter for the Jaguars? He was on there talking about them tonight, and he was saying that. He was like, for some reason, they're not taking the deep shots that they took last year and the difference is they're now using Chark as their deep threat, which is why he hasn't been targeted as much. But if you look at his stats, so you just mentioned he's gotten the seven. He actually caught all seven balls, though. Like, he's he has not dropped a pass so far yep. this season, but he's only got the one touchdown, and it wasn't even that long of a touchdown. I think it was like a 20-yard touchdown. It, it wasn't a – Okay. So, yeah, it, they're using him, though, as a deep threat, and Keelan Cole as more of the <coughs> – my goodness – Excuse yeah. me, the short area guy, and they're not going deep as much. So I, I'm with you. I don't expect Keelan Cole to get you a hundred yards and a touchdown tonight. But I think if I had to bank on one of those guys, like if you, you know, like we talked about with uh, Adams earlier, you know, you could go to the wire and possibly get a Lazard or a Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like if you have to get one of those guys from Jacksonville tonight to replace Chart, I would go Cole over. Chanel. Yeah, Cole. Yeah, you. To speak to your point, I was just looking at their stats through two games and Minshew actually has seven fewer passing yards than Fitzmagic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been he's insane, but been six touchdowns. Yeah, well, he's been incredibly efficient. Like I think he had like a it was like a ninety eight percent passer rating the week one. Like he only had one incompletion or something like that. Like he was amazing in that game against Indianapolis. But I also think that speaks to James Robinson. Like the emergence of him has helped them. They've been relying on him to run the ball, so they don't have to throw the ball as much. And Another thing with which which hurt them or not hurt them is helping them this year is the team's just more competitive. Last year they were down so much that Minshew was having to throw the ball 20, 30, 40 times in the third, fourth quarter. They're not having to do that now. So that does hurt your guys like Chark and everything, because that's where they got all that volume last year. What uh what are your thoughts on Tyler Eifert? Because he did score last week, and we do know that tight end is kind of a Rough position to find players, but especially again now with with the us both thinking Kittle's probably out in this one. Is Eifert a guy you he's probably available? I don't even think we talked yeah. about him on Tuesday. Uh, a guy that you'd be willing to grab and possibly start tonight? No, there are other tight ends that I feel better about their opportunities, but he and Thompson, even though I wouldn't feel good ranking them or starting them, are exhibit A and B of why I'm a little nervous about the top end of their receivers because, you know, you could have, you know, a six catch 60 yard game for Keelan Cole and they, they James O'Shaughnessy and, and Tyler Eifert get the touchdowns. I mean, that's, it's like Robinson helped work it all the way down the field and they ended up hitting Chris Thompson on the wheel route for the touchdown pass. That's the only kind of screwy thing, and through two games, we don't see enough of a trend. Um, so would it surprise me if I ever got a touchdown? No, but is it something I feel comfortable banking on? Not on a Thursday night game. If we were, you know, going in, <laughs> you know, if we go through 
Friday and Saturday's practice reports and everyone like gets blown up, then that's the kind of Hail Mary you do, but not on the first game of the week. Because again, there's such a wide range of outcomes tonight. It could be 34 to 30, could be seven to six. Who knows? Yeah. It's Florida. It may have like a 95 minute lightning delay for all we know. Sorry, I was laughing at it. Someone they they didn't comment on the video live. They commented on the thread of the video on Twitter, and they said, "Why does Sean McVay have a Browns flag?" I just I love it. I really do appreciate it, guys. It's such a it's such a diss to Sean McVay, but it makes me feel so good about myself. So, all right, I think so. Who you picking to win tonight? I pick Jacksonville. I still think that they end up pulling out even without Chark. Yeah, I went with Jacksonville too. I feel like they surprisingly are the better team. Yeah, I know. All right, well, I'm going to ask you, because you know what? We've got a couple more minutes before we get out of here. I'm torn on this. As we talked about the Adams thing, I have him on a team. And my other options, I actually picked up Willie Sneed. I was able I moved Paris Campbell to my eye. Well, I wanted to get somebody. And, you know, I don't – I mean, whatever. I don't think – Andrews is probably going to have a good game. My hope is maybe Sneed catches a touchdown. I'm not planning on starting him, but – my only other real option is Preston Williams because I lost I lost Saquon, so I'm starting Zeke and Zeke and Chubb as my running backs, and then I have to pick three more players. It's going to be Beckham and Hopkins, and it was going to be Adams, but if I decide not to go Adams, my only other real shots are Willie Sneed or Preston Williams tonight, and so that's kind of that's why I picked up Willie Sneed because like if I don't have the balls to start Preston Williams and Adams is ruled out, at least I have someone to fall back on that could get me. Four yeah. points and not just not get me a zero. If Adams is ruled out, fine. But well, I can't. Well, that's the thing. There's no way they're going to tell me before the game starts tonight. So it's one of those start Williams or roll with Adams and Sneed kind of situation. I would rather wait and then get my zero from Devontae Adams than my zero from Willie Sneed. Ugh, I know. That's where I'm leaning. I don't have Preston in right now, but I'm seriously debating it because I'm playing one of the best teams in this league right now. I'm two and zero. I don't want to take a Williams. loss, but Preston Williams isn't even the second best receiver on his team through two games. Isaiah Ford has more targets, receptions, and but see, and I, I really think That's I really think scared. some of that is the is I really think some of that's been who they played though. Like he's played, they've always had the best cornerback on him, and I'm I'm just not scared of Jacksonville's defense. But I'm probably not going to do it. I might psych myself into doing it last minute and then regret it all day tomorrow as we talk about it. we recap the game. But either that or I'm now I'm going to be pissed because I'm not going to do it and then watch we're going to be here Friday and Preston Williams gets a hundred yards well, and two touchdowns and I'm just like you I really don't think started him. if you really don't think Adams is going to play then you have to play Williams because <sighs> I'm none just, of us are ranking Willie Sneed as a playable well yeah yeah I know receiver you know I so. just don't know what to think like I said I, I really. If he was fully healthy, I wouldn't have any issues with it whatsoever. He'd be in my starting, even going up against Lattimore. But it's he's going up against Lattimore and being hurt because there, there's no way he hasn't practiced all week. And now the coaches are coming in. So, like, yeah, it's a little bit more significant than we thought. They're not just coming out to say that for shits and giggles. They're saying it for a reason. So that scares me on Devontae Adams because I just don't – I don't know. And I can't get MVS or uh, Lazard because they're owned. Willie C was literally the best option that I could pick up off the waivers. I even looked for Keelan Cole. Uh, that was my goal. I was like, fuck it. I'll get Keelan Cole and throw him into now be zoned. I'm some screwed there. So yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, fantasy football sucks in 2020. That's all I got. That's all I got. Maybe. I mean, I see what you're saying to me. I think if it's me, to go big or go home, and I'm going to wait on Adams. Yeah, I know that's my problem. I always do that, and then I end up regretting it. I'm Monday morning quarterback myself all night long when I see I watching the game tonight, and I'm, I'm going to watch Preston Williams catch two touchdowns. I'm like, see, idiot, I told you start him, and you don't listen to yourself, and I'm going to start throwing shit. And then my luck, my opponent will text me. I'm like, man, I'm so glad to see those 30 points of Preston Williams on your bench. But flipping people, yeah, it's just going to be bad, but whatever. Fantasy football, right? Just one loss. Who cares? So basically, this is a long-winded explanation for it. If you don't see a live show tomorrow, guys, just know. I broke my computer again. That's what, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Matt, covered your thoughts. 
Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for us tonight, though. Uh, we both have the Jags winning. I expect it to be at least a good game. I don't know if it's going to be shootout, as I kept saying, but I do expect it to be a good game. We both have the Jags winning, which means put the money on the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we've been pretty good this year, as you mentioned, just not when all three of us are on one team, I guess, especially the Saints. Man, do they hate us in Who Day Nation or Who Dat Nation? I'm sorry. Who Day is uh, uh, Cincinnati. I hate. I hate them right back because I cannot believe I had to watch them lose to the Raiders on Monday. Yeah, well, hey, yeah, I'm right there with you. And they're like, please, Drew, do something. Do yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Is he dead? All right. We will be back on uh, Friday with Dennis again. We're working on making that like an hour and a half show. But we do appreciate those of you who tune in, especially you guys on Twitch. It's a couple of you tune in on Twitch and YouTube and like watch the whole episode. I appreciate that because two hours is a long time. But we appreciate so we it. It will be at least an hour and a half. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the goal. But we will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Enjoy the Thursday night football game tonight. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head.